Welcome to Deal of the Week, Bloomberg's podcast on the world of mergers and acquisitions. I'm your host, Alex Sherman. Happy episode number 46. I hope you're celebrating in style. I know what a momentous occasion this is for all of you. Um, Before we get to our Deal of the Week today, I want to take a quick moment to address Twitter. Now, chances are we will do another full episode on Twitter fairly soon, but we're holding off for the time being for more concrete news on bids or an actual deal. Uh, In episode 42, just a month ago, we told you there were a lot of rumors flying around about Twitter selling itself, but to wait until Bloomberg reported something to know that these rumors are actually accurate. Well, we did report something. Yes, Twitter is actually soliciting interest on selling itself. Uh, We've now reported that Salesforce, Disney, and Google are all working with financial advisors to potentially bid for the company. So this is real. We should have more detail on who bid and just for how much Maybe next week, uh, if I do my job well as a reporter, at least. We still don't know if a deal is actually going to happen. But, uh, you know, when a company hires a bank, this isn't just kicking the tires. This is more advanced than that. You may have read pieces, if you're following this in Recode or the New York Times, saying how it makes no sense for Disney to buy Twitter, for example. That may be a columnist or reporter's opinion. But I can tell you, based on my reporting, Disney is seriously looking at buying Twitter. And they've been studying this for a long time, uh, sources tell me. Uh, Same with Salesforce. So there is real actual interest at this point. Uh, A deal could be just a couple weeks away even, based on my reporting. uh, Or the entire sales process could be scrapped. We'll see. But just wanted to give people an update on what's actually happening there since we did an episode about false Twitter rumors just a little while ago. Okay, now turning to today's episode. Uh, Another big deal that may or may not happen in the general media world Uh, But unlike Twitter, this one has been telegraphed for years, even if we don't yet know the outcome. National Amusements, the company that controls the voting shares of both CBS and Viacom, has asked both companies to put together independent board committees to investigate a merger. CBS and Viacom were once the same company until they split back on December 31st, 2005. Joining us now in studio, we're lucky to have Bloomberg Entertainment reporter Lucas Shaw in town, from Los Angeles, who covers the media industry, including CBS and Viacom, and Bloomberg's media and telecom team leader, Creighton Harrison, both, I believe, making their first appearance on this podcast. I guess that shows a dearth of big media deals over the past year. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Yeah, good to be here. It, it wasn't a dearth of media deals. We just, you know, there's been high enough up on your list. Or that, or maybe that is that is correct. Actually, I've just avoided having the two of you on the show <laughs> until today where I had no other option. Um, Creighton, let me start with you because... For people who are not familiar with this, a stage definitely needs to be set here. There has been quite a drama surrounding National Amusements, this company that controls the voting shares, as I said, of both CBS and Viacom. I don't want to spend the entire show covering this, but maybe you can quickly explain what National Amusements is, who the owners are, and why they are now seemingly pushing for CBS and Viacom to merge. Now, let me see if I can distill this in 30 seconds or so. Uh, National Amusements, uh, of course, is the holding company of uh, Sumner Redstone, the 93-year-old legendary uh, media mogul um, who is famous for his uh, you know, younger girlfriends and and uh, escaping a fire, and uh, just an amazing history and career, um, a Hollywood legend. And he's old and frail and uh sick now and uh, so there was a battle that's been going on all year for uh you know kind of who would who would take the reins and take control of his uh company 
national amusements. Um, and that's been going back and forth through the courts for a long time. And, and, and we finally saw Victor emerge uh, in, in the past several weeks, uh, his daughter, Sherry Redstone, uh, who forced out the CEO of Viacom, uh, chairman, I guess, of Viacom, uh, Philippe Doman. And so now she's uh, kind of making her presence felt, and this is her first major, major move, um, which is to uh, to to initiate this uh, presumably uh, merger she she favors uh, between uh, CBS and Viacom. Does, and that, does that sum it up? Did I think so. And it, and there were just there were some issues about just how with it Sumner Redstone is. Right? Do do, do we have any sense at this point that? he is firmly in Sherry's camp, or do we still not know exactly what he knows or doesn't know mentally, but maybe that point is moot at this point because Sherry's in control no matter what? It's moot. Yeah, go ahead, Lucas. It's (laughs) moot because they spent, the Redstone family spent several months pretending that Sumner was the one orchestrating all of this. Over the last month or so, they've really dropped that pretense. If you saw some of the announcements involving national amusements, like the under dismissal of, of Philippe Dumas, CEO and chairman of ICOM, it was Sherry Redstone who was quoted, not Sumner. Uh, Sherry is vice chair. Sherry is it is Sherry's friends who have been appointed to the board of Viacom. So while Sumner technically owns these companies or controls them through national amusements, Sherry's the one who's the master here. And just to be clear, so National Amusements owns these stakes in CBS and Viacom. Does it own anything else? It's just simply a holding company for these? Did it once own anything It is else? a private theater chain. So it was a movie theater chain founded several decades ago that still owns, from what I can tell, some pretty crappy movie theaters across the country. But you know, the business from that is minuscule compared to CBS and Viacom. Okay, so, so Lucas, let's stay with you. What is the state of play right now for both CBS and Viacom? Even let's take a step back. What are these companies? What do they own? And then sort of what have their trajectories been recently? Yeah, so CBS is the owner of the CBS Broadcast Network, which is the most watched TV network in the U.S. And it also owns Showtime, which is the premium cable network that airs you know, Homeland and Billions and shows like that. It has a few other holdings, but nothing material. Those are its two quote-unquote crown jewels. Uh, Viacom owns Paramount Pictures and then a number of cable channels like MTV and Comedy Central that were really iconic cable brands from the 80s through the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. When the two companies split, the presumption was that Viacom was going to be the really strong one because at the time, cable TV was still ascendant uh, and broadcast TV had fallen out of favor because it had lost some viewers to cable. The complete opposite has happened, especially over the past few years. You've seen these cable networks hemorrhage viewers largely because young people go to YouTube, Snapchat, Netflix, etc. instead of cable television, whereas CBS and Showtime, which speak to a older in some cases, wealthier audience has an audience that's not abandoning TV at the same rate. Uh, so that's sort of that's the broad picture in terms of what's happening now. Viacom is basically rudderless. It has an interim CEO who's stepping down in about a month. It's not clear what will happen after that point, though we've reported that there are some inter- interim candidates that are internal. CBS is run by this guy, Les Moonves, who's one of the most respected executives in the media business and the guy whom Sherry Redstone would like to run this combined company. He publicly has pretended as though he does not want to do this or there are lots of hurdles. And that is true. Privately, most people believe that he wants this because it would give him a much larger perch. CBS and Viacom are two relatively small media companies relative to a Disney or Time Warner. uh, And this would give him control over assets that span 
broadcast cable premium movies. Uh, but there are a lot of hoops that have to be jumped through before any deal could happen. So let's dig in a little bit here about why, uh, even if Les wants uh, Les Moonves wants this as sort of a bigger perch and a bigger empire for him, why CBS shareholders may not want this deal. So here's some some recent numbers on Viacom. 2013, Viacom did 13.8 billion dollars in revenue. Same pretty much in 2014. 13.3 billion in 2015. The estimate for 2016, 12.6 billion. Let's look at EBITDA. 4.2 billion in 2013. 4.3 billion in 2014. 4.1 billion in 2015. 3.1 billion is the estimate for 2016. Wow! Like so, what what happened this year? I mean, is it all this drama, or is there something else that's just fundamentally wrong with this business right now? A confluence of bad events. One is that the movie studio Paramount had a truly wretched year. It's not been doing well for a while, but this year in particular, I'm not sure it had one movie that you could point to as a real success. So that's going to lose money this year. There have been some deals that would have added both to revenue and EBITDA this year that couldn't happen because of this drama. It was tough. For, you know, Business within Viacom has, if not stopped, certainly slowed. Uh, and then you know, they've negotiated new deals with pay TV providers. There have been continued declines in advertising revenue. You just have a confluence of events such that it's had a really wretched year. CBS, by the way, on the other hand, $14 billion in revenue in 2013, pretty much the same in 2014 and 2015. Estimates for this year, $14.6 billion. EBITDA, $3.3 billion in 2013, same 2014, $3.1 billion in 2015. Estimates, another jump, $3.5 billion in 2016. So, CBS is doing quite well. Part of the reason for that, uh, which you alluded to, Lucas, is that way back in, in, in 2005 when these companies split and it seemed like CBS was going to be the weaker company, this starts to get a little bit into the weeds for the business here, but CBS didn't get paid anything in what's called retransmission fees. Broadcast networks did not get paid by pay TV uh, distributors, meaning like the Comcast, the DirecTVs, the Dish Networks, et cetera, the, you know, the, your cable companies. Uh, broadcast networks did not get paid by these cable companies, but cable networks did uh, and continue to. So Viacom had all these cable channels where the pay TV networks were paying Viacom for the right to carry their channels. Because broadcast was over the air and free, they got zip. Uh, but the broadcast channel sort of, you know, basically came together and said, wait a second, we're being bundled together with all these cable channels and you're paying a you're buying a package where we're included. You're not putting an antenna on your TV. Our channels come within the same cable package that you got. So we should be paid too. And and sort of they there was sort of a legal argument that they used yada 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 the broadcast channels won and suddenly CBS went from earning nothing to earning a lot of money, $2 plus per subscriber now these days for the right to carry their station and CBS is much more valuable, something you really would want in your cable package, much more so than any of the networks that Viacom owns. That's part of the reason why CBS has done much better than Viacom, certainly on an EBITDA. You know, CBS has NFL football and all these other shows that you that, that are very popular and still generate good ratings. So, Creighton, let me turn this over to you now. With that backdrop, if you are a CBS shareholder, what do you want to happen now? Yeah, and, and and just one thing to 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 add to what you said before I answer that question is you know stay, the other thing that's happened over the past few years is that there's been increasing pressure on TV networks to kind of prove their worth because uh, cable companies aren't 
just going to keep adding networks and 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 having you know 500 600 channels on the dial there's more pressure to offer more economical packages that have fewer channels so every tv network out there is having to prove why it should be part of those skinny bundles as we call them and viacom um, has so many bad networks right, right? You know, they own like, like 26 networks yeah, it's, you know yeah, i mean yeah. you don't need mtv trace right you, know? I mean, yeah. you don't need it i mean I, unless you're really into the quinceanera show which i kind of am but um, that's another, but, um, so, so what does CBS, CBS, what does CBS investors want? They don't want to drag on their earnings. They, they don't want to pay any sort of premium for these assets, uh, which, which include things like MTV, uh, Nickelodeon, um, what, what else should we name? Comedy Central. BET, Spike. BET. You know, some of these are brands. Some of these are, you know, it's not like the value is zero here. There is a value. And, uh, I'm sure that you can make a case to CBS investors that they're worth something, but they're going to have to be persuaded that they're not overpaying for this stuff, and they're going to have to be persuaded there's a path for cost savings, which there is. I think we've seen estimates somewhere around you know half a billion at least uh, annual run rate, something like that. So I mean, there's you you know you can make a case to CBS investors that you know you put this stuff under Les Moonvest, he knows what he's doing, he's a great programmer, he can get more out of these assets than other people have been able to, and you get a studio, you get Paramount Pictures in the mix. You know, uh, that gives you more of the means of production to make some of this content. Um, you can fulfill things in-house that you couldn't before. You get a big library out of that. There's assets. You, I, I guess I guess what I'm saying is the main thing CBS investors need to know is we're, we're getting the deal. Viacom investors are not the ones getting the deal. So, Lucas, if you were a Viacom shareholder, is this the bailout you've been waiting for? Or is there an argument to be made that, Viacom should not merge with CBS. Most of the largest shareholders beyond, besides the Redstone family seem to want a deal of some kind. Viacom's decline over the past couple of years, though potentially reversible, seems like it, it seems like the company would be better off as part of a larger entity or with, at the very least, with brand new leadership. What the shareholders don't want to see is someone promoted internally, who's seen as the savior when they've been part of the problem all this time. The dangerous part here is that both sides are going to want, Viacom shareholders are going to want a premium, CBS shareholders aren't going to want to pay a premium. And so if this deal happens, no matter what, someone will be unhappy, and there will probably be some or excuse me, some litigation or some fighting. Uh, but I, th I have to imagine that most Viacom shareholders would be amenable to Les Moonves running the combined company. Mario Gabelli, who's one of the larger shareholders in both companies, has talked about his interest in maybe the two of them getting together. Most people who've seen Les operate think that he is a very capable executive and that the company would be in, in good hands if he were running it. I can tell you from my standpoint, talking to people that are familiar with both companies, that at this stage in my dialogue with people, the, the overwhelmingly consensus view is that these companies do come together. That's what I would say based on people that I've spoken to. That said, is there are there any other partners in the media world that make sense that would actually be interested in maybe buying Viacom or CBS or CBS could buy one of these companies? So if these companies were not to come together, is there any other logical uh, uh, M&A you know, or some sort of transaction that would happen? that would potentially benefit one side or the other. Yes. <laughs> I mean especially for CBS. I, we we know we know that and 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 our sources uh, have talked to us about this that that CBS 
uh, did uh, talk to Time Warner. I think it was last year. That didn't go anywhere. Time Warner wasn't interested at the time. But Time Warner makes a lot of sense for CVS. Um, it is really like a, you know, look at just the collection of assets. It's like Viacom if it had sports and a better studio um, and some other stuff. So, I mean, it, it, it you know, that, that would be a nice compliment to CVS's business. The only thing they'd have to jettison is either HBO or Showtime. Probably would be Showtime. Um, so, so that's just one off the top of my head that makes sense. For Viacom, you know, I mean, you'd have to think, about maybe breaking it up there are lots of people who would be interested in the paramount studio um including the other big big five studios you know just to you know eliminate competitor and take costs out of the equation etc cetera, etc cetera. um the cable network's more of a mixed bag again there's brands there you can fold some brands into things you already have and and probably do uh do do something creative i don't think there's a huge market for people to just add a bunch of cable networks given the environment right now but you know, again, Donald these, Trump might be on the market. <laughs> right, in like that's two true. Months. He's he's, he's going to be looking for a, a, a mouthpiece. But um, but yeah, I mean, I, I there there is a market out there for these assets. I, 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 I don't I don't think they're ever going to be shopped. <laughs> this is the problem. If you were a media company with a digital brand that wanted a presence on television, that's where buying Viacom could also make some sense. If because that way you secure a cable channel, which still throws off way more money than any web video does. I mean, that's why Vice so wanted a cable channel. There are lots of companies that are trying to be like Vice. But one of the ones that's made investments in companies like that, which is Comcast, has way too many cable channels already, which it could give to one of those media, like a, a Vox or BuzzFeed if it wanted. Do we expect that the underperforming Viacom networks, uh, of which, as we mentioned, there are quite a few, will be shut down if a deal happens? I mean, are some of these you know, cable networks just bound to be killed so viacom has i believe 26 networks there are some that are only in 15 million homes 30 million homes 50 million homes that might most people probably don't have never heard of those i have to imagine will be shut down the core channels will not because no. they still throw off so much money and that's where a lot of the value is i mean you you heard the number that you tossed out yes viacom has been shrinking but it's still a 13 billion dollar revenue company sure. And most of that comes from these big cable networks. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I think the way to think about it is not so much in terms of channels, but in terms of brands. And I mean, that's you know they want to keep they they want to have MTV, they want to have BET, they want to have you know whether but logo it's MTV, TV yeah. and centric and right, centric CMT music may may not be yeah. not CMT but yeah, CMT, CMT music. I mean, you know, I don't mean I'm sure there are CMT music they've got, fans. They got Nashville. Apologize. They got they got Nashville this season. I, does yeah. CMT have that or mm-hmm. CMT music? Yeah. These are two oh, different C- channels. Yeah, well, CMT music, I don't know. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, going back quickly to your Time Warner point, I think the while that deal may make more sense because Time Warner is sort of a better version of Viacom in many ways, uh, the problem is there that Time Warner is way bigger than Viacom, so it would be a harder transaction for CBS to pull off if CBS would be the quote-unquote acquirer there and run that company. And, and <laughs> secondly, I suppose, the other problem is National Amusements wants control of this new company. And so the reason this deal works from the majority controlling shareholder standpoint is that they, correct me if I'm wrong here, they will not be diluted if a transaction happens. If CBS were to go after Time Warner, uh, National Amusements almost certainly would be diluted right that's, there would be no other way that, around that that's correct and and that's and that's something they've said explicitly when they when they sent this letter to to cbs and viacom and asked them to explore a merger and national amusement said we're not going to consider a transaction that uh 
that dilutes our our uh, our holdings. Uh, they own eighty uh, percent of the voting shares of of each company, and so if you combine them, they continue to own eighty percent of the voting shares. And one way to look at everything that Les Moonves does as CEO of CBS is gaining leverage in the negotiations that he's having right now with Sherry Redstone. So whether it's talking to Time Warner, I'm sure he was interested. He also knows that having another option helps him get what he wants. Les wants to be chairman, CEO, and kind of all-powerful executive at whatever the combined company is. And the more leverage he has, the better. Lucas Shaw, Bloomberg Entertainment reporter and Creighton Harrison, uh, telecom, media and telecom team leader. Uh, on CBS and Viacom potentially coming together. Uh, I don't think we will see a deal right away on this one because it'll take a little while for these independent committees to make sure that a deal is fair, from my understanding. But uh, it would not surprise me if these two companies, in fact, do uh, come together. So that's it for this week's episode. You can expect more Bloomberg reporters and M&A professionals who are doing deals real time. And until then, find us on the Bloomberg Terminal and Bloomberg.com, as well as on iTunes, Google Play, or whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. And please take a minute to rate and review the show while you're there. Also, follow me on Twitter at Sherman4949. Lucas Shaw is at Lucas underscore Shaw. And Creighton is at Creighton underscore H. See you next week.